wearing a mask, not made of plastic, but of iron. And uh, he had been wearing this so long, for so many years, that when his purpose was accomplished, he tried to take off the mask, and he found it had become part of his face. This is like it happened to every one of us who tries to move away from our family, turn against our society, in the hope of finding our real fulfillment by ourselves. When we have been leading a life of stimulating our senses, inflating our self-will, and oftentimes resorting to violence, for a long, long time, we are not aware of it. But over a long period, here too, what happens is the mask becomes an integral part of one's personality. In the Bhagavad Gita, in a terrifying verse, the Lord of Love, who is present in all our hearts, whether he is known as the Christ, or the Buddha, or as Allah, or as Krishna, he tells all of us through Arjuna that the pursuit of selfish satisfaction, of sensory stimulation, of using violence can end only in one disastrous result. The words are magnificent, as sonorous as they are significant. Indriyanam hicharatam yanmano nuvidhiyate tadasya harati pratyam vayurnavamivam basi. Any human being who tries to follow the path of violence, who tries to find his own personal selfish satisfaction, very often at the expense of those around him, he is like a ship that is caught in a hurricane. He will never make harbor. These words, as we look back on our own life, will become more and more applicable to us. What secular person is there that would not willingly receive spiritual joy and comfort if he could always have it? For spiritual comforts exceed all the delights of the world and pleasures of the flesh. For all worldly delights are either vain or unclean, but spiritual delights are only pleasant and honest, sprung from virtue and infused by God into pure minds. In this statement of what real joy is and of what fleeting pleasure is, we should remember that the spiritual life does not call for poverty. In fact, coming from a poor country like India, I can tell you on the strength of what I have seen that when you are deprived of necessary material comforts, you cannot help dwelling upon them. To ask a person who is hungry to meditate is adding insult to injury. He can meditate only on his hunger. And 
I am not at all one of those who say that one has got to be poor. One has got to live in sordid surroundings to lead the spiritual life. It is good for us to have all our minimum material comforts assured. It is good for us to be in a position to eat good, wholesome food, to have all the reasonable comforts which do not militate at all against the spiritual life. But just as poverty has its own dangers, luxury too has its own dangers, and I am not sure which are worse. When I was learning the intricacies of English grammar, many years ago in my village school, one of my teachers said that ubiquitous grammatical exercise changing